Welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating crazy chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. I'm Kendra. And I'm Jeff. And today we're talking about hatching eggs. Hatching eggs for the very first time is always an exciting process, but with it comes many questions. From preparing your incubator to understanding the terminology, you have a lot of learning ahead of you. To help, we're going to guide you through 10 of the most common questions we receive regarding hatching eggs. So let's dive into the first and most common question from new poultry keepers. What kind of eggs can I hatch? The ones you buy from the grocery store do not work. (laughs) You really need fertile hatching eggs. And I blame the media for the misconception that is brought about hatching eggs. Totally. So most people have a flock of hens who lay eggs and there's the worry that you're going to go and take an egg out of the nesting box and there's going to be a partially developed chick in it when you try to crack it open to eat. But that's not the case unless you have a rooster. You need a rooster to fertilize the eggs, which then produce the chicks. So if you're planning on hatching or worried about a broody hen sitting on eggs, the only way you're getting chicks out of those is if you have a rooster in your flock as well or purchase hatching eggs from Meyer Hatchery. So how do you know if you have fertile hatching eggs, Jeff? The best way is to put the eggs in the incubator. Wait 7 to 14 days, then take out an egg, go to a dark room, get a candler, which is like a small flashlight, shine it right inside the egg and see if you see something. Uh, If there's the veins growing, if there's a little chick, there you go. You got an incubated egg. Now, another way you can check is when you crack open your egg to fry it in the morning, if there is a white bullseye on the embryo, which is the yolk, then you know it's fertilized. If it's just kind of a plain white dot, kind of blurry off-white, then it's not fertilized. So that's another way you can tell. If your hens are having fertile eggs, then you know it's time that you can collect them and incubate them. Now, that doesn't mean that every egg will be fertilized, but at least you can have a good idea that some may be ready to put in the incubator. Now, when you're collecting eggs for hatching, you want to be sure that they are clean from any feces or debris, but you do not want to wash them. And why is that? You don't want to remove the bloom. So the bloom is that protective coating over the egg, which helps seals out bacteria. And if you were to wash it and put it inside the incubator, it could be more susceptible to bacteria and bad things. So don't do that. Now, another really good question we get on the same topic of what kind of eggs can you hatch is when you're collecting them, not necessarily the kind of eggs, but how old are they when you incubate them? Now, you can incubate eggs up to two weeks after they've been laid. Um, Most times when I incubate from my backyard chickens, they'll be sitting on my counter for a week or two before I put them in the incubator. And this is really just for me to pick and choose the ones I want to incubate. So you look for color and quality and cleanliness. It's a little hard in the spring, especially when it's mud season. You're constantly out there collecting eggs, I feel like, to make sure you're getting the cleanest ones to incubate. Um, So they can sit on the counter for a few days before you put them in. So the next question is, how long does it take an egg to hatch? If you have your standard chickens, it takes 21 days to hatch. If you have bantams, you're looking at 18 days. For your turkeys that you have in the backyard, you're going to expect 28 days for them to hatch. 
Now for your ducks, same thing, 28 days. With a caviar, the Muscovies, however, take 35 days. Now, if you have geese in your backyard and you're collecting the eggs from them, they're a little different also. For them, it could be anywhere from 28 to 35 days before they'll hatch. Now, if you're not sure what your breeds take, a quick Google search will get you the answer. And to most incubators, I know mine came with kind of a guide and it laid out what poultry type and a couple of different breeds and what to expect. So be sure to reference those items when you're preparing to hatch. Another important note I think to make on how long it takes an egg to hatch is that some eggs will hatch before your 21 days and some hatch after. So I've had some hatch at like the 19 day mark and I've had some eggs go as long as 25 days to hatch. And now the main factor in that leads us to our next question. What temperature and humidity do I need to maintain? So if you have a really high temperature that can cause your eggs to hatch early and humidity is such a huge factor, especially when you're working with waterfowl, they need a little bit different humidity percentages. So again, be sure to do your research on your breeds and reference your manual from your incubator to make sure you're keeping it at the right consistency. For chicken eggs, the first 18 days are usually around 45 to 50% humidity, and then your final three days is 65 to 70% humidity. As far as temperature goes... With the two main type of incubators out there, the first one is the forced air type, and that's with a fan. You are looking at 99.5 Fahrenheit with a range of 99 to 100. With a still air incubator, you're looking at 100 to 101 Fahrenheit. And now most incubators keep these temperatures for you. So it's the humidity you're constantly working to adjust. But as far as the temperature goes, I have two different incubators and both maintain that temperature for me at the 99.5 degrees Fahrenheit. They're both a forced air incubator. One thing to account for, which I learned in the episode we did, episode 40, it was with Renee from Mountain Woods Farm. She lives at a really high altitude. So for those higher altitudes, you need a much higher humidity than what your guide is probably telling you. So if you live in the mountains, be sure to kind of do a little extra research or I know she has a ton of material too. You could probably look her up directly. Now, one issue that I always find I have is remembering <laughs> for the humidity. I reference my document constantly. And I think a lot of it is just the excitement of hatching. You know, you're constantly looking and checking and candling and things like that. And so what I found is I took a little sticky note and I labeled that 45 to 50 degrees for my first 18 days and the 65 to 70 degrees for my final three and I taped it to the side of my incubator so I can quickly look at it and say, what day am I on? Oh yeah, this is the temperature and this is the humidity and I can add water or add a sponge if need be. So that's how I help keep track of that. With temperature and humidity, one of the biggest factors in that because it does fluctuate so much is your location. Now, I've talked about this multiple times, location not only for those factors, but also movement factors. So I typically incubate my office. It keeps the incubator away from my family and my pets. So they're not getting bumped or touched or you know tipped over at all. And then you also want it in a room that maintains a pretty consistent temperature. 
So you really don't want your incubator next to windows or doors that are constantly opening. You don't want it in direct sunlight um, because obviously if it's sitting in the sun, it could get hotter than your 99.5 degrees. And then two, the drafts can pull that humidity out. So just like when you open the incubator and it escapes quickly, if you have a draft constantly blowing over it from an open window, it can be really hard to maintain. So those are a couple factors in how you maintain your temperature and humidity. Now, one of my favorite questions and one that I freaked out about when I first started was, when do I turn my eggs? And that is the question that is always asked on the phone. So what do I do with these eggs in the incubator? Well, about every six to eight hours is when you want to turn them over. If you don't have an automatic turner. And I'm a big proponent of getting an automatic turner because then you're not turning the eggs every six to eight hours and you're not opening it up every six to eight hours. And so then you have a steady temp, steady humidity, and that helps with your incubation. And I second that. Both of my incubators have automatic turners. And I think it's important to point out too that automatic turners come in different styles. So one of mine that you use, you set the egg in point down like normal and it kind of rocks the eggs back and forth in the turner. And I also have a Brincy incubator that kind of has a like a a plate, I guess I would call it, that sits in the bottom of it with some holes and you lay your eggs on their side. And the way it rotates is that plate turns and kind of rotates the egg so it rolls over on its side. So it's not a back and forth motion. It's a sideways motion. I'm moving my hands like everyone can see what that motion looks like, (laughs) realizing you can't see it, but just know that both ways work. I've effectively hatched with both Turner styles. Now, Jeff, what's the reason you need to turn your eggs? Because I like my eggs over easy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only kind of turning Jeff does these days. No, um, the reason why is because the yolk inside will sink and touch the side of the egg if you don't turn it. Exactly. So it helps keep kind of like the air sac intact where it should be. And so the chick doesn't stick to the side of the egg being stuck. Now in nature, mother hens do turn their eggs. Um, You probably don't see it with them tucked in their nesting box, but they nudge them around and turn them regularly too. So that's what an automatic turner mimics is that movement. And that's the whole point of incubating is you're trying to replicate what the mother hen does in nature. Now, this is another really good question. Can I incubate multiple breeds? And what do you mean by that? So this gets confused a lot. There's a difference between breeds and poultry types. So if you want to incubate different kinds of breeds, you certainly can. So typically when I incubate, I will do my Morans, I'll do Wyandots, my Lakeshore Eggers, Olive Eggers. All of those breeds can go in at one time into your incubator and incubate for 21 days. However, if you're trying to hatch chicken eggs and duck eggs, you cannot put those together in an incubator. They incubate not only for different times, but they need different humidity. So you want to make sure that you're not mixing poultry types like chickens and ducks but you can mix breeds like Morans and Wyandots. Now, I do know some people that use the cabinet incubators and they have it timed perfectly so that they're constantly rotating eggs in and out of that. 
And that is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> and once you get into incubating, you might get the bug to get the cabinet incubator. And if you do, your life will change. <laughs> because once you get a cabinet incubator, it becomes a big part of your life. Uh, because cabinet incubating is a lot of fun. The only bad side with cabinet incubating is if you start off with 15 chicks with a cabinet, you get into hundreds. <laughs> Chicken math at its finest. Yes. I personally, as a backyard keeper, I have two incubators and I like that because I am hatching smaller quantities. So I'm not hatching in the hundreds. I'm hatching in like the 20s. 30s maybe. And two incubators allow me to hatch different poultry types. So I can add variety to my flock. I can incubate at different times. It just gives me more flexibility. So if you're in that boat, highly recommend it. Now the next question is what does setting and lockdown mean? I don't have a clue. What is it, Kendra? <laughs> so when I first started incubating, some of these terms confused me. Um, you would read things and it would say, okay, you know, for setting, we recommend doing this, this, and this. And it took me a while to understand the difference between setting and what lockdown was and what candling was. So I just thought a good definition may help you as well. Setting is when you take your eggs and literally set them in the incubator. It's really that simple. It sounds complicated and scary, and especially when you're looking at different guides online, um, sometimes it can get a little confusing. So you'll put your turner in your incubator, and then you go ahead and set your eggs pointy side down. Now, if you're getting your eggs shipped from a hatchery like ours, you do want to let those eggs set for 12 to 24 hours at room temperature before setting the egg. And so that setting is putting it in the incubator. Now, lockdown, there is big controversy over lockdown, and you can get lost in all sorts of hatching forms about this term. But in the most basic definition, it's those final three days of hatching a chicken egg. So you take your turner out, like Jeff was saying, you set your eggs in the bottom of your incubator and you don't turn them any longer. And now in this step two, make sure you're fully removing that turner. I've heard really awful horror stories of people just unplugging the turner and leaving the eggs in them. And when the chicks hatch, they pop out of the egg and they get stuck in that turner. It doesn't give them room to run around. So make sure you're removing it. You set the eggs in the bottom. And then lockdown is when you increase that humidity for those final days and they hatch. It's one of the most exciting times. And so that's why they call it lockdown is you're kind of hunkering down for the final stages of hatching. Now, when should you candle an egg and is it really necessary? Of course it's necessary. How else can you tell if there's something in there? So candling is primarily used to see development and you really do want to candle at around day seven and day 14 is your best chance of seeing development. Day seven, you're typically seeing that spider. So you're seeing the veins and kind of a central point of development. And then day 14, you should see a lot more movement from the chick itself. I tend to also candle on day 18, right before I put them into lockdown, just to check to make sure everything looks good before I put them in for their final days. And that's a good time to take out the ones that don't develop. 
Exactly. So if you're not seeing any development in those eggs, I typically, if I'm not seeing much, I leave them in on my day seven and day 14 is my cutoff. If there's nothing happening by day 14, it's a purely white egg. There's no movement in it. It comes out day 14. Otherwise, you get a smelly incubator. You you (laughs) certainly do. Another question we receive is how to handle bad eggs. And so, like Jeff said, if you don't remove those undeveloped eggs, they can turn, in quotation marks, bad. And this is where you find out, hey, I didn't hatch anything, but you had an egg that went bad. And because the eggs are porous, they spread the bacteria all over your incubator, killing them all. So typically a bad egg happens when one, there's no development and you do leave it in the incubator or two, if there's a small fracture on the egg or it did get wet and part of the bloom was removed from it. Um, It's not clean when you put it in the incubator, there's feces or debris stuck to it that penetrate the shell. It causes that contamination, bacteria growth happens and basically kills the embryo, but then also allows gases to build. And when those gases build and the egg is unremoved, it can actually explode in your incubator and cause total loss. So once that touches your other eggs and spreads throughout your incubator, you really do have to toss all eggs. And it's a mess. It's awful to clean. I may or may not have not removed a bad egg once. Luckily, it did not explode. But when I tossed it in the bag to throw away, it broke. And let me just tell you, it was rough getting it out to the trash can. (laughs) The next question is, when can I move my chicks from the incubator to the brooder? Once your chicks hatch in the incubator, you can leave them in there for roughly three days. 72 hours is typically what we tell people. And why you can do that is because the last part of the hatching process includes ingesting the yolk, which is what sustains them. So when they first hatch, they're a little lethargic looking. They're wet from hatching out of the egg. You want to leave them in there until they're nice and dry and fluffy and some energy is gained. Another good part about leaving your chicks in the incubator is the fact that they also encourage the other eggs to finish hatching. So they peep and that peeping is encouragement for your others to begin to pip and hatch. One of the biggest issues with removing chicks from the incubator is, I don't know what the technical term is, but I basically call it shrink wrapping the chicks. And unfortunately, I have done this mistakenly. So what happens is you have chicks that are ready to go. I kind of peep around in my incubator and look to see if there's any others that have pipped or that may be starting to emerge. And I didn't see any more. So of course, I opened the incubator lid, grabbed the chicks out. And when I did, it forced a burst of cold air into the incubator, removing that humidity. And when that happens, it basically shrink wraps that membrane. So it's kind of wet and warm as the chicks are hatching. When that burst of cold air comes in, it instantly just shut. And so what it can do is suffocate the bird that is trying to hatch or just cause it to make it not able to move. So it will end up dying in the egg. So when you are ready to remove your chicks, just be sure you're taking a second look and seeing how many eggs may be partially hatched or if there's any pipped to try to reduce that risk. Bottom line... Don't rush. Wait for nature to take its course. 
And that can be extremely hard, especially when you're first hatching or you're doing your first hatch of the season. It's so exciting to pull those peeps out, take some pictures of them, love them. But believe me, the 72 hours is a good rule just to let them do their thing. And once that's complete, just double check and then remove and put them into your brooder. That's pre-tempt, of course, with your heat lamp or your brooder plate and food and water. For those of you who are looking for additional resources, we hear all the time, what are some good resources for hatching? Google. (laughs) (laughs) Google is a great place as long as you're typing Meyer Hatchery into your Google search. And at Meyer Hatchery, you're going to the place where it says help desk. The help desk is full of really great articles and our blog is also full of great posts regarding hatching. Now, last year in our Year with Chickens series, we did cover incubation and that really was a more in-depth episode covering from start to finish how to incubate chickens. So if you're planning to hatch chickens for the first time, I've linked that below in the show notes for you to take a look at. In addition to our resources, there's also a couple good books I would highly recommend. The first one, Hatching and Brooding Your Own Chicks, is by Gail Damero. And we all know and love Gail Damero from the Chicken Health Handbook and her interview with us last year. So be sure to check that book out. If you have small children, Lisa Steele has a really good kids book called Let's Hatch Chicks. It's an illustrated book and that would make a great addition to your bookshelf. So we hope this episode answered some of your hatching questions. If you have more questions about incubating, share them with us in our exclusive Facebook group, Inside the Coop. And with that, we thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next week. Bye.